0: The cubes,
1: uh, cubicles.
0: Welcome back to another week of properly brainwash, a podcast where we cover topics of corporate culture, life experiences, and attack social norms. I'm your host, Az, your resident blow at the spot girl,
1: and I'm Andrea, the corporate face where Game of Thrones meets the boardroom.
0: <laughs> that sounds mm-hmm. so Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> kind of like, we might, we be in for it today. Let me give you a quick disclaimer. Our topic at the later half of the show may be a bit triggering and heated. So buckle up and hold on tight, get the kids out of the room. But first, water cooler news opening because I'm all for this. A woman goes viral on Twitter for re for her own job after she saw it posted for a higher salary. Has this ever happened to you? Let me just read the quick article real fast so we can have some background. Have you ever found out that a new person at your job was getting paid more than you, be- you do for basically the same work? If so, you're not alone. According to one study, companies pay new hires 7% more on average than their existing employees. Wow. But let's talk about our homegirl. So she says, my company just listed it on LinkedIn a job posting for what I'm currently doing. So we're hiring another UX writer, and now thanks to salary transparency laws that I didn't even know existed, right? Thanks to salary salary transparency laws, I see that they intend to pay this person thirty two to 90K ninety k ninety thousand more than what they currently pay me. So I, she said, so I applied. Mm. 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 Can we first talk about this salary range that goes sixty thousand? Like, what is thirty two to ninety thousand? A sixty thousand dollars salary range. range. What are they trying to say there?
1: What job is this for?
0: Good this is for hard. UX writer. This is for user experience writer, which is really popular right now. Um, it's, it's really coming off. Um, actually, I've been attending some meetup groups about UX. It's been really good. Um, niche artistic position, UX writing, like to make sure that one, you have a technical background and two, you're inside of the community and you mm-hmm. kind of, like, you know, you know what's going on and how people may use it in today's time. So yeah. it's very-
1: Well, yeah. you know, those rangers are typical and what they have low, mid, high, and, you know, they normally give you the job based on your years of experience, your education, COLA. So there's quite a bit of rules that are behind, you know, such a large range. Mm.
0: But to hire, like, and pay this person more 32000 to $90,000 more, and she's experienced and knows the company well. This is where I say experience, right, doesn't necessarily equal what I should pay you. It's, it's a little different now. And then sometimes they just want someone younger, someone closer to the vest of what they feel like is the pulse. Like, what is right. this whole thing about?
1: Well, I thought, but when, <laughs> I just heard, I'm like, well, shoot, is it her job? And should be, should she be scared? You yeah, know, are, are. that's true. So that was my initial reaction. So at that point, I would be a little pissed. And after I'd get out of my emotions and I'd have to go talk to my boss. Right. You think she should talk to the boss? Well, she's going to apply for the job. He's going to see that uh, she applied for it. He's the a manager. Outfit? Yeah. What, what where'd, the, where'd she land? Because at this point, a conversation. So, hello, I saw this job posted. You know, can we have a serious conversation? First of all, this this range is way above what I'm currently being paid. You know, do we need to talk about where I stand in that? And I I think this. Definitely is where you have to have a moment of transparency uh, to get what you want or to find out what's truly going on because now they're going to hire this person and you're going to sit and look at them (laughs) next to you because guess what? She's going to have to train them. So it's a bad all-around situation from what I'm hearing.
0: I mean, she is going to have to train them but at the same time. I'm trying to see where she landed for a couple of reasons. So the big, the part that stuck out to me is I didn't know they had transparency laws to close the wage gap.
1: Is this in a particular state? Because I don't think that's so three like, states, what?
0: Three states have it. California, Rhode Island, and Washington.
1: Exactly. That's what I thought. Of
0: course, California is always going to lead the pack. We know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But with those transparency laws, you would think the common practice would kind of chill out and stop. Like, how are you keeping this
1: going? Well, transparency means now that managers are going to have to be more open and upfront and honest with employees. Like, she shouldn't even have been surprised. You know, like, is that in her department? Is that, what, where'd they land?
0: Listen. So more states in 2023 open up transparency laws: California, Colorado, Connecticut, Maryland, Nevada, New York, Rhode Island, Washington. Oh my goodness! And also Cincinnati, Ohio has it too. Um, uh, Toledo, Ohio. So I guess they're like municipalities are just opening up too. Wow,
1: that's great!
0: Like it's Hmm. so that was the big thing that we said, right? That if you have transparency laws, that will close the gap. Yeah. But this is what it looks like when you do have transparency laws that people either they're going to leave the job Mm -hmm. or you leave for six months and then come back, which is what you do in tech. You'll leave a job Mm -hmm. and then you'll come back for a higher salary because for some reason they feel like they only need to pick you up by five to six percent versus paying what they would pay a new person coming in based on the market rate. Like what the experience in IT. And I'm kinda like seeing this now, but experience in IT does not equate you should get paid more. Because
1: what you know for twenty What you mm-hmm. know for twenty years you're gonna get
0: it could be obsolete. Mm-hmm.
1: Like you, know, you have happen. to you she have to retool. You have to retool. You have to stay up at times. That's the whole thing. That's here, that's the whole argument behind chat GPT. You know, a lot of people feel as if their jobs are gonna be obsolete with the invention of this AI which is gonna help you write better. Right, you.
0: you it's, know, help. I mean, Chat GPT, as we get into later, is about augmenting your job.
1: Yes. Right? Yes. That, yes. That's really what it's about. It's not replacing. Yeah. But I mean, t- first of all, I think that's a huge win. Like all these states are doing the transfer. I, I think it's a step in the right direction. But now, if the manager is uh, creating this, jo- posting this job. They should have announced it. So she shouldn't even have been surprised. You don't She's think ultimately so? going to find out. Huh? You don't think she, that she don't should think have posted would... Like normally, don't you know if they're going to post a new job in your department? You know the headcount. They'll tell you. Oh, well, do you have a friend? So maybe it's her job that they're trying to replace. Ooh. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just saying. I mean, why didn't she know about it? If if those states implemented those transparency laws where now you know what those salary ranges are.
0: Well, let me offer a little bit more. She said, I've been arguing for months about the pay inequity. I've told my managers multiple times that I know I'm being underpaid. I have gotten the runaround and they know they can do this right now in a tough labor market. They know that Mm. this, this is what they can do. And, and people are like, well, can you know, can I apply again for my job since there must be a misunderstanding in HR? Wait,
1: I mean, so she, the same she job applied hosting? for that job.
0: The same job she's doing. <laughs> but here's here's the, here's the corporate response oh, to it. Here's the corporate response. The corporate says they're saying it was an internal posting and wasn't meant for anyone to apply to an externally public company's legally have to post jobs, even if it's an internal conversion, but that doesn't stop the fact that someone is really still gonna make thirty thousand more than me. Like the-
1: <laughs> Jeez. So this is a problem with HR. And obviously what kind of company is this? And where is this? Because, you know, <laughs> my whole thing is, first of all, who is her hiring manager and where is the respect? So she probably needs to read the writing on the wall. Because this company obviously doesn't give a two, two hoots, a rat's ass about her. Hello, profits over people is is very evident here. And this might be, what do you say, time to find another job? Oh, because it's a disrespect. She's been complaining about her salary, right? The, the boss is probably like, mm, I got something for you. I'm going to just post a job with the true range, because you ain't cutting your weight. I don't know. But, but that's just disrespectful. That just shows you what he, he doesn't value her. Is there some value in it?
0: Converse- she says the conversation around pay equity and salary transparency quickly turned to po- po- talk of possible layoffs, because what better way to get rid of, rid of people to take what they, they've given and, sh- uh, and shut up than threaten them with a job loss? So either you take what I gave you, or you just shut up. Now we're talking about possible job loss?
1: Well, a lot of companies do that, right? When you start complaining, they lay you off. (laughs) Somebody get... What kind of foolishness is that? It's a toxic environment. It's profits over people. They don't care. It's a time to weed out. It's a time to weed people out. That's what they do. So if she's been over there complaining to HR, because we know HR ain't your friend. So... (laughs) My God! How uh, so many people
0: are mad at you for saying that right now? <laughs> but I it's know.
1: true. I know they are. I mean, come it's on. So How
0: true. Is, HR is only there to protect the company. The company. Uh, they're you, lawyers. They're HR, human resource lawyers for the company.
1: Exactly. So at the end of it all, I—I I mean, this is a great article. I like that. Well, here's the thing. This is where you have to protect yourself. You know, what's your performance reviews look like year on end? Are you are you documenting everything? Has there been a complaint about you? You know What kind of relationship do you have with your manager? So, uh, you know, it's tricky how to navigate.
0: Well, let's talk about how one of the commenters on her post navigated. He says, as a corporate manager, I can tell you the best and most strategic ways to get a raise is to show them you have another offer. The majority of corporates... Or corpos, as he calls them, will underpay you. And sometimes your manager can try to go through hell to get you on a more equitable pay zone and it still won't work. But the best thing you can do is is make them another offer and see if they'll match.
1: If you're with a company for a long period of time, you know they have budget limitations, except they do not have budget limitations.
0: They, for some,
1: for some, they do what they want. We know the games that they play and we know. Yeah. If you're an they tell you
0: they have budget limitations. If you're a woman of color, most more especially, right,
1: right, yep. So you more than likely you have to leave no matter what. You you could sit there and you know where are you on the range? You know they at the end of the day, if if they want to give you that raise, if they they value you as an employee and they're willing to fight for you you know they could work something out I mean I've seen that happen too so
0: well one of the users on on like not users but one of her commenters said you know what it happened to me as well so I ended up going to one of their customers and making 45,000k more
1: <laughs> there you go there you go time to leave child time to leave
0: but you want to, you know, you want to stay with a company. You want to you know, just stay there and get to know and do what your parents I, did. 20, if years they're not the company,
1: valuing you, it's time you to gotta go. go. You, you got to go. play
0: the hot game, yeah. especially in tech. Yep.
1: I, I'm sorry. I know she got it. You're going to get paid somewhere else and you're going to get paid a whole lot more money. You want to know where it landed? Ship. Yep. Where did she land?
0: So, oh, you, well, the thing is, she was just venting online. She's just a random person venting online about their job. She didn't realize it was going to go completely vi- viral. So someone asked, hey, did you get, you know, your raise? She said, no, I'm pretty sure they're going to fire me after all this whole debacle.
1: Uh- <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs>
0: I don't know the company name, but I'm Yay. sure if I dig through the comments, I would find out. But I'm not gonna put the company on blast. So. No, no. Well,
1: no. good
0: luck to her. She has she's a poet and she has a book out. Um, so because she put her business out there, I'm gonna put her book out there. She does have a book out called "Here I Am, Burn Me" by Kimley Newgwyn. There
1: Born, you know, go. I'm
0: butchering that. So there you hey, go.
1: Congratulations to her. Congratulations. When one door closes, another opens. And she this is maybe her writing on the wall. Time to go. Next topic. How do we get up every single morning to a job that sets our soul on fire?
0: This week, this particular topic came to me um, because... I have a mode of operation and you have a mode of operating when you approach a work or any task that other people might be dependent on you or you have to like perform or show up for. And so I was down at the Goodwill. I was down at the Goodwill because you can find some stuff at the
1: Goodwill. Yes, you can.
0: Yes, you can. Right. And the lady behind the counter who was ringing things up, she was ringing some clothes up and she just stuffed them in the bag. Like just balled them up and stuffed them in a bag. I was looking at her customer after customer, just stuff things in the bag, just stuff it in the bag. And it was odd to me because the treatment of the product, even though it's the Goodwill, the treatment of the product and what it to me, what it said about her attitude, about her job. And I was like, gosh, in my mind, I was being selfish. going, I would never do something like that to someone's item.
1: Right. You so do know, pull them up.
0: Don't ball them up like they came off the hanger, all nice and you know they're steamed. Yeah, ball them up and stuffed them in the bag. Like take this, you know what I mean? Like take that. And it's not like he was being particularly mean. It was just I was looking at it going, hmm. This is what happens sometimes when you don't do the thing or doing you're doing nothing in your life that sets your soul on fire, and I backed that up. Because obviously, I read a lot of different articles. I was reading this article from France, and they were talking about workplace sex and people having relationships in the workplace and what that means. And one of the French supervisors, he was like, what does it matter if people are having relationships in the office? It was a response to the TJ Holmes thing. He said, people need a bit of pleasure in their life to do their job better. Wow. Isn't that (laughs) something? Okay. Okay what does it matter they need a bit of pleasure and he's right mm. he's right we need a bit of pleasure in our lives otherwise we're going to be the good ladies stuffing stuff in the bag and treating people's stuff like crap for some people that was that's their only way of shopping they may have just come out of a situation they just may have come out of being a refugee jail or whatever it doesn't matter the background I mean, they might just be there to to find a good deal but to stuff something in the bag that they felt of value to purchase
1: mm-hmm
0: and there's no pleasure
1: okay so there's no pleasure but maybe she's just there for the job she's just there to get her money that is there's there's no way that she respected the product or she wouldn't have stuffed it in she would have seen that the person that the dress was iron that it was pressed <laughs> that someone took the time to get it right so that it could sell so Think about that, though.
0: Carry it for it. You're at work, right? Every job you said you've ever received,
1: how how did it come to you? Well, by referral. It was. It was all by referral because they knew what I did before that. You know, it was uh, whatever project I had worked on with them and they knew that I could.
0: You did over and above for sure. Maybe you added 10 percent more than the next person, even if you gave 90 percent. You, I mean, or 100%. You gave 10% more than the next person. So we want to actually be a raving fan of Andrea's. Like, Andreas is the kind of person we really like to work with, and we want to be her raving fan. And so I'm going to refer her for another job. It's how I picked up all my jobs. Like, I was working one place, but I've always had, like, three jobs because they saw my effort. They saw me pick up a piece of trash in the parking lot. And even though I'm there for a check, but I also want
1: to put my best foot forward. And it helped advance me in so many different ways. This goes back to what we always talk about is your core values and how you see yourself and how you want to be seen. But more importantly, what is your passion? And so to answer your question initially about what sets your soul on fire, my job at the time did set my soul on fire because it was very challenging. It was mentally stimulating you know, it gave me fulfillment. Like it was that fire burning deep within that I knew. I, if I had a project and you had asked me this too, I had to see it to the end. If I committed to you that I was going to get the job done, it had to be done. But not only was I going to meet your expectations, I was going to exceed your expectations. And so that's, as an independent consultant, that's my reputation is all that I ever had. So I didn't have a IBM or a Centur or a PwC behind me. I just had me. That's it. So I had to put my best foot forward all the time. And so that meant for me, by any means necessary, whatever I had to do to get the job done, staying up 24-7, you know, whatever it took. I was going to do my best, put my best foot, foot forward and get the job done. That's it. So that's a part of me being goal-driven, but, but I enjoyed my work. It's not that I didn't.
0: So when you brought up the personality test, I started to like pose these questions. Um, it's like, what was I told when I started to select my career path? I don't know if you had this, but remember back in high school, I don't know if you had it, but they would have you do these like, job tests. To see it, what kind of you know pr- what job uh, you should go into, mm-hmm. and I just remember like that doesn't make sense. I forgot what it said, but whatever it was, um, I believed it for a long time, and so I looked for it for whatever that I can't remember what the heck it was, but I do recall looking at. Not that everybody believes in these things, but I looked at my birth date and it said I would, I would not, I would work in the arts and I would be very lucky and I would win money and I would, um, I would get money here and there. And it would be, my life would live, for the most part, I would be, money would come easy to me. However, I would never be uh, famous and I would never be a writer or I would never be. Blah, blah, blah. I would never be the talent is what it said. I didn't have the personality to be the talent. I had the personality to be the agent or the owner of, of product. What test was this? It was actually pretty accurate though because I think about it now, because I'm such a teacher, I'm not like focused on just being the talent. Had I been just focused on being a talent, I, I would have remained an actress. But that's not the thing that set my soul on fire. And so I, I pull that in because... When I was in tech, sitting at my cubicle, I did take acting improv classes because I thought it would help me better mm. with being on a team. And I just wanted an outlet to give myself a little bit of pleasure that was new and it was on the bucket list. So I took acting classes because I was terrified. I was st- had stage fright. I was terrified of being embarrassed. Um, I was just terrified to be in front of people, to talk, and I needed to to handle that like i needed to be able to uh, pull my thoughts together in front of folks and so <laughs> <laughs> and so the funny part was he says i'm gonna go to this acting class and i still have my tech job and i was just fine with my little acting class nothing about it said you want to do this and i was like oh actors go on auditions so you know I'll try it and so I went on a few auditions and it didn't go well and I was like oh okay I didn't go cry I was like oh okay it didn't go well and then I went on a couple and it was I did a whole feature movie some people from New York some hip-hop movie wow I played this mama named this this mom named Lisa and I was pretty good they were like oh you're good like you know I really got into the emotions and everything I was pretty good at it and I did a whole web series in an under another name you will never find <laughs> but I did a whole web series and dipping and dabbing and trying yeah, to figure I, your way out I wasn't trying to figure my way I was really just having some fun uh, right? because at the time I just needed another outlet It wasn't until in the mix of all of that that I was talking with someone and they were like, oh, we got this story. We're having problems. I'm hearing all the problems. I was like, let me just get a go at the script. I'll try it. And I wrote that doggone script in two and a half days, 45 pages in two and a half days. And I could not stay still. My spirit was exploding the moment I opened my eyes to the time I closed my eyes. I could not sit still. I was at work, like, I'm supposed to be looking at these reports and these data, but I was looking at the script, like, going over it meticulously, editing. And I'm like, okay, there is a difference here. The acting was fine, it was wow. cool, but the, the script writing is what tore my soul up, where well, I was like exploding. Wow, it's loading with. I gotta do this, I gotta find out how to do this. The Point was, um, is I found the thing that I didn't know what it was when people said that until I wrote that script, turned it in, and I was going over the feedback that I got from Daphne Reed the second I'm Viv. I was going over that feedback like a maniac, and I was so excited to get my red ink and in my ass handed to me. Like, I was so excited to get my ass handed to me by Daphne Reed. I mean, she told me, yo. Oh, Heart, okay, gave me all the business, but she took the time to do it.
1: Right, that's your creative side. It's I not mean- the creative. Side. It's that one thing, though, right? Because it wasn't acting. Right, but right, it wasn't acting, and it didn't have to be acting. It, but that's truly the definition of setting your soul on fire. That's and it's, it. not, it's not even just work. It could be your hobby. It, you know, it just could be anything that you th- truly enjoy. It could be a relationship. It's like getting hit by the lightning bolt. So I definitely feel what you feel right now with everything that we're doing, because I've been there and I know, but, you know, it, it's funny. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll tell you when you said about the test that you took, uh, I didn't have a formal test. In in Jamaica, we were in... I was in high school. We had career day. They didn't have anything formalized. I mean, it was a British system. You know, you had career day. They would come in. They would tell you um, different companies. Of course, back then, it was what? uh, Attorney, doctor, engineer. Uh, In Jamaica, we had Air Jamaica (laughs) because it was a big tourist, uh, you know, industry. And so... Or, you, you know... I remember my, um, I was like, oh, Air Jamaica, I went home to my father. And I was like, Daddy, um, Air Jamaica came in today and, you know, the women were beautiful. You get to travel the world. You get to represent the island. And he looked at me and he was like, what? You, you want to be a flight attendant? <laughs> I was like, yeah. He was like, you think I'd send you to school? to be a waitress in the air and I was like oh oh, okay I was like is that what you think of flight attendants he was like well what you you see them doing walking up and down the aisle (laughs) serving giving you water and soda and peanuts (laughs) he was like I didn't raise my children he was like so as a banker (laughs) He was like, you better go look into financing. I was like, ew. So I took all these accounting classes. I was like, daddy said I need to be in finance. That was not going to happen. So my journey was different. I was searching. And I was like, okay, I don't like fin- financing. I went to college. I was like, okay, I'm going to do pre-med. No, I'm not going to do Calc 1, 2, 3, 4. That's just um. So I landed with attorney. I'm going to do that because I like fighting for people. Mm -hmm. And so that was the underlining, I think, moment for me when I realized I I really care about things that are not done right. And that that was actually part of my personality Mm -hmm. test. You know, it's like, okay, I have a problem. Like I was a rebel in college. Like I was at every rally Um, fighting. I had a sitting at at college. They were fighting for a professor for him to have tenure. He was the only black professor at uh, Rutgers that didn't have tenure. I was walking up and down College Avenue fighting for the man. It wasn't right, but everybody else had tenure. So I fast forward. I'm in what? Technology. And I realize I'm still fighting for injustices against women. Fighting for people, just fighting.
0: It's like, yep. Making sure that they get seen properly. Making
1: sure that their voices get heard. But then I had no control. And no control. And I'm like, is this shit worth it? Like corporate America? Okay, yeah. It's great money. But at, at, at a point in time, you, you get burnt out because I realize that's my personality. So I do and do and do and do because I have these standards of excellence when you're in a in an environment that doesn't lend itself to supporting us right. it's like at some point you, you you lose your motivation and you start questioning why you do what you do I had to pivot and why did I pivot again for injustices and I'm like oh
0: you got hit with a major one. It's like, how can I reach the masses and pivot careers? But you know what I kept thinking about um while we were like, just uh, ruminating, ruminating over this topic was, and I, I fight myself sometimes, and I say, hey, why in the heck did I just stay in corporate America? I remember when it was comfortable. I remember when I had a bunch of savings and I had 401K, and life was like really complacent and predictable. And I was like, Ooh, this is, it was really, really nice. And I knew what time we were going on vacations and I booked the vacations four months in advance because I could. And I knew when I was going to have vacation time, my life was so planned out. And then I went and blew up the spot. Like, no, nah, I'm not doing it that way. And I just, there's two ways to go about everything that you do. You can totally be successful by following the American plan. And that is you go to school um, you graduate high school, you go to college or some sort of trade, and then you stay in that position for 30 plus years or 25 years, and then you could probably do a lot of career um, and do two retirements, right? Or not retirement, but at least you have a decent uh, 401k or if you're a business owner, a good step account if you're doing that kind of thing. And it works. If It works it's consistent. There's a lot of people running around like UPS workers, and they're whole millionaires. Mm-hmm just pass them over but you know their life is pretty consistent their bills have been the same for as long as they remember their mortgage is not paid for and so they live life pretty consistent so there's not a lot of output and i'm like that seems so nice <laughs> that seems so good like why can't that be my lifestyle because that feels very to me and um, but that's successful you will keep your bills in order will it set your soul on fire not yep.
1: necessarily Mm-mm. It doesn't set your soul on fire, and I think you know, 2020 hit a lot of people, right? Because people are like, I'm not doing what sets my soul on fire. So what what is the true meaning of life when I could keel over and die tomorrow from COVID? <laughs> you know, I'm not happy. I, I'm miserable. I'm stressed out. I'm burnt out. I'm going into these places, and I'm not being my authentic self. I'm just sitting there doing what for money. For the love of money
0: and comfort, money and- is a lot of things. It keeps you yeah, with, with shelter. Money does a lot of things.
1: But let's go back to the lady that stuffed the clothes in the bag. Do you think she was? She
0: had opposite. no pleasure. I don't know if she had any pleasure in her life to appreciate where she was to show gratitude. Because the truth is, you can elevate even from the goodwill. Yes, you can. But you she, didn't.
1: there was no passion. Because I could have been happy as heck stuff it taking my time and folding out the bags so i mean something is simple they would, have they would have like even a one would
0: have saw it and say hey let's promote her or a, co- a client might see you don't know who's coming in
1: there, there you go
0: so you there miss go. sometimes your blessings you block yes. your own blessings by not really doing being grateful for where you are and so that's it's really what it's about even if your soul is not on fire give yourself a bit of pleasure because sometimes you have kids at home or you have, you know, special needs and stuff. You can't really, like, set yourself all the way out there. But what I see is you can be amazing. You can be totally phenomenal superstar right where you are. When you look at Justina Miles, who did the the Rihanna uh, uh, American Sign Language for, for Rihanna. Did you see that? No, no, no. Oh you would have thought you were watching Rihanna she's I did not even know I can sign language before she told me cause so she's she's deaf she's a deaf black woman Justina Miles she's a deaf black woman and I'm over here like yeah that's how I do pour it up too that's how I do throw it up right cause it's, I learned life sign language like life is when you do like trace your body this is life because she was sign languaging Rihanna's songs but she was doing it with all of this bravado like this extra watch that oh my gosh she had the nails she was going it was a concert watching her wow wow and I was like look at this now she travels all over the world doing mm-hmm. doing a-, uh, a ASL for others uh, other stars who want her she did she did the um Cheryl Cheryl Ralph Shirley
1: Ralph's um moved every voice and sing she signed oh, I missed that, okay. oh miss that whole sign I mean I saw Shirley Ralph because that's my girl this
0: is a basic job that she has she's a deaf woman and you're like i'm at the good with folding clothes i don't need to be anything right but this is all about being grateful for where you are and sometimes you have to do a little bit maybe your soul isn't on fire maybe it's sizzling <laughs> maybe it's sizzling but you, as an adult you got to be responsible for where, where yes you things.
1: yes you do And that's just setting standards for yourself and operating no matter what at a level of excellence, a standard of excellence. It's hard to be that way. But you know what? It comes down to what are your core values? You got to look within and figure out who it is that you are and what makes you tick, what makes you operate on a daily basis. Yes, we have good and we have bad days, but I hope that we would have more good days than bad days. I think you do have more good days and bad days when you do walk in gratitude and you do appreciate what you, what life is about and what you have to give to it mm-hmm. now. And, and sometimes we don't all operate like that because, you know, the stresses of life, I could be a single mother. I mean, just like you said, at the end of it all, I, you know, I don't want to smile today. I don't, wanna stu- <laughs> I don't want to stuff. I'm stuffing the clothes today. Maybe you go back the next day. Maybe she folded. Wanted-
0: clothes. Yeah, it's giving people that. Like, <laughs> but but consistency helps you show up. Maybe right when you stop being cons- when you stop being consistently present at work, or consistently pleasant, or consistently um, joyful at work, it might be time to say, "Is this the pivot moment?" Because my soul is not being fed here. And what is the sac- like listing out? What are the sacrifices? What do I have to do to pivot? Mm-hmm. And it's, sometimes when people are like that, it's time for their exit. They don't need to be in that position anymore. Not it's bad or good, but sometimes it's really, it's it's time for you to do more. And you know it. You just want to be fired before you do it. Mm-hmm. I, I get,
1: hey, you, you, I think a lot of people are properly brainwashed because they think that it's failure if they quit. But at the end of it all, it's okay to pivot. I think it's okay. we we go through different seasons in life and it's growth, right? If you're in a career for 30 years, do you think that you're not going to change that your, your mindset isn't going to change? You have different desires, different needs, different wants, just based on life circumstances, or you coming into awareness of yourself, seeing things that you might not have seen before. I mean, I, I'm going through that. I'm going through a whole transformation, you know, but, but I, Layers. I, you have to peel back you some do more have, You do have layers, but I, I do realize at the end of it all is that the core of who you are will never change. And so my, my wants and needs and desires are still the same. It's just how I go about it. it is in a different way.
0: Setting your soul on fire or at least igniting the flames while bills are have to be paid you got to plan and prepare for that or you got to do a little bit until it can finance your life for you that's gonna wrap up this segment next up is a journal entry and this week I'm late. This happened in January, but we got to get it out now because this is the time I have. But Emmanuel Ako, I've never got a chance to really touch on that before. So when he criticizes African-Americans saying that he doesn't have the trauma since he's Nigerian, I just had to sit down with my friend Andrea my good Jamaican friend Andrea and just get her take on it. Like what's inside of that Jamaican uptown culture? What are they saying about us? So this is just gonna be a little insight into that and let's just, let's see how it goes.
1: Oh, right, like I'm about to give you some secrets of the secrets. No, I know, I guess it's because it it is so wrong, right? And all the stereotypes that black Americans are lazy. They don't want to, they don't have any ambitions you know they're it's the stereotypes that white america has portrayed to the world in whatever fashion tv you know the the news the media i heard of martin luther king but very minimal remember in civil rights but i didn't know the depth of what that meant we didn't learn so When I came here and I truly learned about what civil rights was and what Martin Luther King did and, you know, the Jim Crow laws, I was crushed. Because now the stereotypes is what you see on TV or what you see on on TV. Black Americans are lazy. Black Americans have no ambition. Black Americans are all on drugs. They show you in them in the projects. I mean, it's all the stereotypes that we fight for in when we see on, on in these roles, uh, the actors, the actresses. I'm not going to play that role because that's not who I am, and that's not the experience that I have. I grew up on the Huxtables. I love the Huxtables, right? Because what you saw, Black Americans in a positive light, but what was consistently portrayed, and so. Even though there was the Huxtables, but here, here's the thing: in Jamaica, it was a little different. In Jamaica, it was like pop culture. In Jamaica, there, yes, okay, yeah, Michael Jackson, Prince, you know, all the all the artists that was number one on the billboards is who you really listen to. Um. So but but my experience changed when I moved here. So yes, like I am I'm definitely in solidarity based on these articles that I'm reading. You know, I s- went out to seek knowledge. So this is a conversation that you are you and I have been having. My my family might say something, th- right? Because of the stereotypes because they don't live here. They don't live here. Anymore. If I had this conversation, they wouldn't you think they, their perspective is mine? No. Perspective is completely different. So if we sat and had this conversation, you you would look at him like y'all would probably be going at it.
0: Why is that? Um,
1: that's what he, he feels like he's fully evolved. We had a conversation about police brutality and I think we got up in arms because you know, he believes that he doesn't, <laughs> he <laughs> he made a comment about having a chip on your shoulder, right? As, as, as black Americans, you have a chip on your shoulder. And I'm like, what? How... First of all, let's wheel it back in and understand the plight. So we had talked about you know, if your son gets pulled over by the cops, do you think they're going to say, "Oh, you're Jamaican son?" No. They're going to see who's 62 a black man. They're not going to discriminate <laughs> based on a nationality. They're going to see him for who he is. So, are you telling your son the right things that he needs to protect himself when he gets pulled over by the cops? Or are you walk, you letting him walk around here ignorant because he thinks, what, well, he's not black. <laughs> so we have those depths of conversation that get pretty heavy to the point where they don't even, they've told their their kids only date white women, right? Two boys. And they came to us with this conversation where one of the sons was like, hello, you told us don't bring home a girl that wears braids, and we were like, what? You told your kids? Because the kids were blaming them. They're like, at school, the only people, only, only black girls wear braids. and white girls don't bra- wear braids. So words are powerful. Be careful what you tell us. And we're doing this because of what you taught us.
0: They're dating white girls?
1: Yes. They were crushed. Who was crushed? What? The kids confronted them and said that it was their fault. And so he was like, yeah, well, we told you not to come bring home, Patrick Weave. weave. Um, don't don't bring home no girls, that's gonna You know, of- I'm
0: gonna say this, because I was gonna leave for another time, but I remember the comment that that Nigerian football player made, and I know that, that Jamaicans really dog out Black people, and I know that Nigerians dog out uh, Black Americans, but what I don't hear is a thank you. Because your weak-ass ancestors didn't come get us. When We landed on that boat 400 years ago in 1619. Did y'all get in a motherfucking boat to come over here and get us? You didn't. You left us. You left us because you didn't have the tools. But did you thank us for your traffic light? Did you thank us for the peanut butter? Did you thank us for the electricity? Because we created that being African-Americans, surviving the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the top of the top in this country, for you to bring your ass on a plane that we probably helped build. So you can actually be accepted in this country to do better. But I never hear a damn thank you Mm -hmm. for suffering for the rest of the world, you African-Americans. And yes, a few of us are still in pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you do to lift them back up? nothing what do you do to say you know what thank you for your i'm gonna thank you through your bloodline because if it was not for you i couldn't be here if it wasn't for you getting lynched i couldn't be here if it wasn't for your african-american civil rights leaders i couldn't walk on these streets because your skin is as dark as mine if not darker and it doesn't matter what country you come from Mm -hmm. i for standing up yep You weak-ass ancestors who left us here. Who did mm. not start a war. Your country is your continent is bigger than any other on the world besides all of Asian Russia. And y'all didn't think, y'all couldn't build a boat? Y'all couldn't do shit? You just worried about your own pocketbook and your own tribe, but F the ladies who just left. F my wife who just got got. Y'all couldn't get yourselves together. But do you know where... <laughs> no.
1: Do you know... We we're, never
0: forgot about them. You know what our national anthem, we have a Black national anthem. Do you know who we're doing that Black national anthem? Do you know who Black History Month is? Red, green, and Black. We do that. For what? To represent that we still love y'all. We're still here with you. And we're still part of the culture. Mm-hmm. But never do I hear, oh, yes, thank you that I can sit on a pot, on a, on the sports center and talk as a, a man from Lagos, a Nigerian man. Because you couldn't do that without me. You couldn't do that without our people. You couldn't do that without us showing up in our regular jobs every day, without our ancestors, without a civil rights. You could not do it. You could not be hired. You could not be hired if it wasn't for Black Americans.
1: Well, hello. They get reminded every day. He gets reminded of who she is when she doesn't get these VP jobs because they don't look at her the same as a white woman. So she struggles. Like She's a part of
0: she struggled she didn't know that she came here and she was black that's what she's struggling and you won't buy you won't say minded. Minded. the reality is for real and maybe they are in pain because we didn't live in a country where the whites just gave up and said you know what y'all figure it out i'm tired we had some y'all had lazy whites we had some fought about it whites they were mm-hmm. like yeah this is our country we ain't got nothing else better to do so we might as well go ahead and attack y'all and to the to death and make y'all our servants for life y'all had lazy whites we didn't have lazy whites Mm-hmm. You know? Stronger than the we our our aggressor antagonist was so tough. We still found a way to come through it and make up rap, make up hip hop, make up RB, make up blues, make up everything they dance into right now. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> within our pissed off about that for a long time. How dare you? You're living off the fruits of my ancestors.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: your we guys' ancestors never kind of got it.
1: It's empathy, I think, because, no, it's like, where are you are getting this information from? Those are all stereotypes. And so you're getting that based on propaganda. You're getting that based on TV. You're getting that based on the news. You're getting this based on what the media. Are you getting a
0: thank you when you flip the light switch on, though? Because it was Edison's, it, it was Edison's assistant that created lights. So do you get that? Did you get that part? That's really the question. F your stereotypes. Do you get all the thank yous when you stop at a traffic light or a stop sign? Who made that?
1: But nobody's thinking that.
0: Who was thinking that? Right now. No. Nobody. Black History Month, because we're not real Blacks. Y'all are supposed to be just Americans. Why don't y'all just type in and assimilate with the white folks and shut the fuck up? <laughs> like, that's really what they want to do.
1: <laughs> but here, this, this, this goes back to Education. And history, because if if this information isn't getting out there, how are they going to know? Unless you're in. You know,
0: we bust it down their throats. Is Google exists, Black History Month exists. Yeah, you you ignore it,
1: it. You gotta want to get the information. All these cultures that come here, that's why they have to learn the hard way. So, America has never been a melting pot. Right? Because...
0: You can't get on people for the stereotype because it's true and it's reinforced. Stereotypes are only true in re- because they're reinforced. And they, they are accurate in some regards. But what the real history of it is is how much did you get from... How much are you getting as a Jamaican from Black Americans? Are you listening to our R&B? Because I came from the pain of slaves. Hmm? Do you like Aretha's song? Because I came from Civil Rights Detroit.
1: hello we got bob marley
0: (laughs) that's what you got yeah we appreciate you know what but we never forget to thank y'all for that do we (laughs) we never forget to say and play around and say thank you jamaican we never forget to do that oh i love this jamaican music we never forget to do that we don't go around look at them jamaicans they stay they acting like they white we don't go around doing that we don't
1: now the you, you, mm, Lord of mercy now now we now we going. Let's
0: go inventions. Since it's Black Month, let's go over the inventions of everyday people that Jamaicans and every Nigerian should appreciate a phone chair, a gas mask, an automated elevator door, potato chips, a water gun, for kids' toys, the computer chips I mean, I could keep. Freaking going on and on and on. There is three, I think it's three thousand inventions that George Washington Carver created for us to deal with, for us to appreciate. Clothes dryer? You drying your clothes on the on, on the line still, or you got a dryer? Oh, okay. <laughs> the toilet, the modern toilet. You know why? Because slaves had to go in the outhouse. <laughs> <laughs> From the time that you wake up in the morning. To the time that you get in your car the automatic gear shift came from a black person that was invented by a black person from the time you wake up from the time you get in your car from the time you turn your radio from the time you get out wear the clothes you wear all of that came from an african-american you are now saying i bastardize you you're not a part of my history because i was raised over here to think better and do better I don't think they need to be educated on what a stereotype isn't. I think you need to be appreciative on what we gave you. I'm out of coffee.